we start the evening with the beginning of the story of the vexation of Barney Hatch by B.J. Shute, told this evening in four parts. And we're going to start right now with part one of the vexation of Barney Hatch. The big bell clanged in the church tower, and all the pigeons gossiping on the roof flew up in a violent state of nurse, as if the day of judgment had come upon them. This created a fine rumpus of snow-gray wings in the snow-gray sky over Barney Hatch, but it confirmed him in a private theory that pigeons were not quite right in the head. But the church has been around for more than a century, and the bell gave its great shout every hour, which meant that 24 times a day, for over a hundred years, the pigeons, or their ancestors, had been blowing their tops. Now, Barney was not mathematically an able man, but even he could see that the thing had got out of hand. A panhandler himself, Barney had a certain professional sympathy for pigeons. Birds with an eye to the main chance, and an alert capacity for spotting likely crumb droppers. He stared down at them now, bobbing and clucking around his shoes and rubbing his nose thoughtfully with the back of his hand. His nose was cold, and he rubbed it some more, turning it from a melancholy blue to a quite a cheerful red. But his mind was on neither the pigeons nor his nose. Barney Hatch had a project, and the project required cash. Not a large fortune, but a sum of the size affectionately known as Tidy. This project was going to cost $3.49, and since he had only 47 cents in his pocket, he still needed three bills and two pennies. The trouble was, the time was running short, tomorrow being Christmas Day, and Christmas Day being the cause of the whole thing. Christmas was all over the city, wreaths and doorways, tinsel and red ribbon, and holly berries bursting out in odd corners. A piney, citrony, maddening jumble of sights and smells, tugging and nudging like a persistent cat at a garbage can. It had roused in Barney a sudden determination to do some celebrating himself for once, and to join in the general exuberance of warmth and good cheer. The very notion of a celebration had automatically pointed his toes toward the nearest liquor store, and he was engaged in a conscientious survey of the stock of whiskey in the glittering window, with an eye toward economy, when the gold seal on a front row bottle winked at him. It was a fat bottle. Nicely shaped to accommodate the hand, and in addition to the gold seal, it had a fancy label and a scarlet ribbon and a Christmas bow around its neck. It was plainly a bottle designed for good cheer, and judging by the price, its contents had been knowingly distilled. On the other hand, its price was outrageous. Barney's struggle with his good sense was brisk but brief. After all, a Christmas treat was a Christmas treat, and what good was a celebration unless it was done right? He thought about the glow there would be in a bottle of good whiskey like this one, and how the glow would last and spread and get deeper and wider. Nothing in the world would give you a glow like that one you could count on, and a whole bottle to himself would very probably produce the finest glow in the history of man. All he had to do was raise the money. Contemplating the financial aspects now, among the cooing, huffing pigeons, Barney did comforting sums in his head. After all, it it was Christmas, a time when any competent panhandler can count on a certain amount of soft-headedness among his clientele. Estimating, he decided that six suckers at 50 cents each would do just nicely. He raised his eyes from the improvident birds and took a good look around. A man went by, briefcase in hand, a rolled-up newspaper under one arm. Oh, a literate gent, well-heeled. Barney got his feet moving fast and performed a sort of flanking movement. Barney smiled an ingratiating, a calculating smile. He said... 
Sir, like a cooing dove, imagining for a moment that the man would press a five-dollar bill into his hand, touched by the general lunacy of Christmas. The man stepped neatly around Barney and said, Ah, it left my wallet at home, and departed. Barney said, Yeah, to the tails of the gentleman's overcoat, and left his wallet at home. <laughs> He'd be as apt to set sail without his trousers as without his money. Expressing dissatisfaction in a low mutter, Barney left the pigeons and the church bell and tried another street. A lady in a squirrel necklace gave him a dime and a lecture, leaving him with two ninety-two to go and a bad taste in his mouth. He walked through a transported grove of pine trees on a street corner, little fat trees and tall lean trees all waiting for the tinsel and the star and the fancy trimmings that were... Nice enough when you had four walls to wrap around them. Knick-knacks, said Barney scornfully. Jingle-jangles. And he thought of the knick-knack and jingle-jangle of a gold seal on a whiskey bottle. He thought of waking up on Christmas morning and taking his first drink, savoring it in a gentleman-like manner, not gulping. The whole bottle to go through and the whole day to go through it. He thought of how he would admire the label and the seal and the Christmas ribbon before he pulled the cork and had himself the first Christmas drink spreading warm and bright. He walked on, and the gold seal bottle kept just one step ahead of him, out of reach, an airborne promise. He stopped outside a department store, its windows shimmering and quivering with light and glitter, people rushing inside where it would be nice and warm with their purses gaping and then coming out and quickly closing the purses again so that the loose change wouldn't catch cold. Barney swore. It began to look as if he was going to spend Christmas with 57 cents and no gold seal, no cork. No different from 364 other days. He stepped into the doorway of the store. Out of the way of the wind, he thrust his hands deep into his pockets and glared at his reflection in the store window. A fat man with a busy face came lumbering out of the store. He stared up the street, down the street, and then he stared at Barney. His eyes narrowed like he was doing sums on his fingers, and he shook his head and sighed. You want a job for a couple of hours? said the man. Barney looked back over his shoulder, figuring the man was talking to someone behind him, but there was no one there. He wasn't used to being offered jobs, and a wary look came into his eyes, because you never know what about offers. How much? said Barney. Dollar fifty an hour. Two hours? At a dollar fifty was three bucks, and he only needed two dollars and ninety-two cents. Profit eight cents. He was rich. Okay, said Barney. Oh, thank goodness, said the man with real sincerity, and added, well, "You're skinny, but but we can stuff you." Eh? said Barney, recoiling. Come on, come on. The man took his elbow and piloted him into the store and down the crowded aisles. What are you hiring me for? Barney asked plaintively. What do you want to stuff me for? Santa Claus, of course. <laughs>